The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall, your host. And I'm going to throw you a curve. A curve in time. Have you ever heard of the arrow of time? That's a concept which says that time can only move forward like an arrow. Another theory claims that the arrow of time has two heads and can move either forward or backward. A third theory says that time is eternal. In other words, the past, the present, and the future have always and will always exist together. That appeals to me. It gives me a feeling of security. But sometimes I wonder what would happen if technology started monkeying around with time and got the past and the future mixed up with each other. 215-847-1291 to Master Control Computer. Queen, John, human? Yes. Calling computer from the 20th century. You've sent me back to the wrong time. What is your time? Somewhere in the 1970s. That was programmed. You fool! I was programmed to be sent back to the United States of the 1970s as it really was. As it really existed, historically. Understand? Understood. You goofed! I'm in the States as this country might have been if we'd lost the war with Japan and been occupied in 1950. Get me out of here! Our mystery drama, Future Eye, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Alfred Vester and stars Tony Roberts. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Do you have a taste for things that are a little out of the ordinary? Look, Doris, it has a clock in its stomach and it glows in the dark. I think we should snap it up, Dick. Do you like things that are fun but are also functional? Look, Dick, this is fun. Uh Uh-huh, but is it functional, Doris? Do you want to be the talk of the town? Oh, Dick and Doris, we were just talking about you. Then the Opal Isuzu is your kind of car. It's not ordinary, it's fun but functional, and people will talk about it. Did you hear what Dick and Doris bought? The Opal Isuzu, a dandy new small car. At your Buick Opal dealers. I got bronchial asthma, but I got a road to rip up, too. So I take Bronchade tablets. They help keep my occasional asthma attacks away for hours. I took Primatine tablets, and they work. But then I heard about Bronchade. Bronchade's got something extra to help me get rid of congestion. Primatine hasn't got that. Bronchade helps me breathe easy for hours. It works almost as hard as I do. Broncade tablets do more to let you breathe easier. Use only as directed. The worst handicap a child can suffer is not blindness or deafness or cerebral palsy or mental retardation. No, the worst handicap is for a child to be deprived of the chance to overcome his handicap and lead as nearly normal a life as possible. With special education, most handicapped children can learn and do much more than most people expect of them. But millions of handicapped children are still being denied their right to the special education they need to develop their full potential. If you have a child with a handicap, any kind of handicap, physical, mental, or emotional, we can help. Free. Write Closer Look. Box 1492, Washington, D.C., 20013. A public service message from this station and the United States Office of Education. 
be like a thousand years from now. Well, I can tell you many things, but just now I'm most interested in the master control computer. Don't let the name make you think that it's a mechanical dictator. Actually, it's the servant of all. It banks for all, shops for all, takes messages for all, remembers for all, does every chore that the perfect servant would do. But it's only a machine and therefore not perfect. Parts wear out, parts short circuit, and then the machine makes mistakes. 215. Eight four seven, one two nine one. Identity? Why do you always ask for my identity? You're a fairly bright computer. You ought to know who you're calling. These are the parameters of my programming. Identity? Identify me as Quinn. Quinn. Draw. Two one five eight four seven one two nine one. Human. I hope so. Caucasian. Hey, that's a curve from Master Control. I wonder what you're up to. Yes, Caucasian. Height, two meters. <laughs> curiouser and curiouser. Yes. Weight, 85 kilograms. Give or take a few grams. You are of average appearance. I suppose so. For the 20th century? The 20th century? A thousand years ago? A thousand years ago. Well, I'm a little big for then, about the size of a defensive tackle. But I could pass. You are an antiquarian by hobby. Well, yes, I like to know all about the old times and how they operated. You are chief intelligence officer for your sector by profession. You know that. A mistake has been made. Oh? By the Mark 747 Digital Binary Master Control Computer. Meaning yourself? Yes. Well, then why call me? Because the mistake must now be rectified. By who? As if I didn't know. By you, as Chief Intelligence Officer. What must be rectified? The data bank for the year 2976 was transferred by dysfunction to the time control unit and by further dysfunction sent back in time to the year 1976. Back to 1976? The talk about mistakes. The dysfunction has been rectified. What a mess. If anybody back there gets hold of the data bank for 2,976 and reads it and acts on it, good Lord, our entire history may be changed. We, we may stop existing. We may change into the parallel possibles. Ghosts of what might have been. That must be prevented. Survival and self-defense has been programmed into the Mark Digital Binary Master. All right. Is the time control unit functioning? Functioning. Let me get into 1976 clothes. Take about an hour. Then you'll shoot me back. Keep my angstrom band open as a hotline. I'll patch into any of the communications networks, telephone, telegraph, radio, back then, and keep in touch. Two one five eight four seven one two nine one to master control and sore as hell. You fool! You shot me back to a ghost world. There's nobody left alive. The data is being filed. Everything's still standing, including this phone booth, but there isn't a sign of life. They must have killed themselves off with radioactive fallout. The disaster is filed. Good. Now, get me the devil out of here and have time control switch me to the real 1976. Excuse me, ma'am. You like talk, Yunk? Excuse me, I, I can't understand you, uh, lady. Would you please turn your radio down? Oh, sure. Hear me now? Thanks, yes. You like talk, Yunk? 
Well, I can talk most of the dead languages. Oh, you smart educate. Who smart you up? Oh, why, me, mostly. I wanted to ask you... Who are you, man? Who you boss? Who's my boss? Who own you, Yank? Own me? Mm. Uh, no one. Listen, I'd like to... <laughs> you funny, Yank. Very funny. Who you? Who me? Oh. Uh, identify me as Quim. John Quinn. Got two names? Oh, no. You do not fool Sono. No, Yank. Got two names? What name you boss? Who on you? Uh, well, I, your name is Sono? Right, Yank. Sono Haku. Captain Sono Haku. You stand straight before Captain. Of course. Straight. Attention. Captain, what happened to the moon? What happened? Nothing. Oh, nothing. It's all black. It looks like an ink blot. Oh, that happened in war back in 49. Hitler helped us set up rocket base on moon. You young try to A-bomb base before we J-bomb you. Too late. We got you first and take over. May I borrow your radio for a moment? Sure, young. Make you present if you please me. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, what that funny thing you stick on wire? That's my angstrom band, uh, Hotline Lead. That is, uh, it's how I check in with the boss who owns me. 215-847-1291 to Master Control Computer. Identify my name. Oh, identify me as Quinn. Quinn John. 215-847-1291. Human. Control, you fool, you've goofed again. I'm in another parallel of the United States as it might have been. Specify, please. Your data is being stored. Dummy! Have your time control unit checked again by repair. It's shifted me to this country as it might have been if we'd lost World War II and been occupied in 1950. And I have got a hot Japanese captain breathing down my neck. Get me out of here! <laughs> in the projection booth of a movie drive-in, and I've patched into their sound system. Hurry up. Checking. They're showing something I think is called a western. It's all about characters who gallop around on horses shooting people. Absolutely maddening. Coordinate filed. Criticism filed. The antiquarian bank suggests your interpretation of the film is faulty. <laughs> and good luck to them. This will be my headquarters. Make all data transmission to me here. First, I need a map of precise location where time control deposited the almanac for 2,976. Transmitting. And don't waste time. The moment anybody here in 1976 gets hold of the data and acts on it, we'll all turn into might-have-been ghosts. Transmission received. Stand by. Yes, I see. It's not exactly pinpointed, but I'll know where to zero in. Now, transmit description of data bank I must find. Transmitting. Transmission received. Hold on. I can't visualize this. It's a... It's a macro circuit, yes? Well, why is it so big? It incorporates all known data and history up to the year 2,976. The material cannot be miniaturized. But, uh, but a data bank with six sides, a box measuring five centimeters by four by one and a half, that's enormous. 
4,000 years of history cannot be miniaturized. Well, give me the physical description of the data bank outside of dimensions. Don't transmit, just tell. Four sides white. Two sides brown. Logo symbol on one white surface for random access to world history data to respond to any request for information. Describe the logo. It is a binary code of ones and zeros forming a geometric shape commonly called a diamond. Commonly called a... Oh, good Lord. I've come back a thousand years in time to find this? Your dismay is filed, but not understood. <laughs> Talk to your antiquarian banks. They'll explain what I'm forced to find and why it's a hopeless mission. I'm looking for the equivalent of a 1976 matchbox. Have you got an ordinary matchbox handy? Look at it. How would you go about finding a data bank from the year 2976 that looks exactly like a matchbox in the year 1976? Ask questions? Search pockets? Impossible. This is the problem that faces Quinn John, 215-847-1291, human. I'll be back shortly with Act Two. Yes? Excuse me for being nosy, but is that mold and mildew I smell in your bathroom? Yes, it is, and I clean it every day. Not really. To get a place really clean, use Lysol brand disinfectant. Lysol? Yes. Lysol brand disinfectant kills household germs on surfaces where they grow, including germs that cause odors. Lysol brand disinfectant? Mm -hmm. That brown bottle in the red and yellow box? That's it. Just pour some in a bucket of water and start cleaning. The floor, tiles, fixtures. No more moldy and mildewy odors here. Come back and be nosy again. You may feel it's an embarrassing subject, but since one out of every three people suffers hemorrhoid symptoms at some time, you should know about Preparation H. Preparation H gives prompt, temporary relief from occasional pain and itch in many cases. But Preparation H does more. Actually helps shrink swelling of hemorrhoidal tissues caused by inflammation. With so many having the problem, it's comforting to know that Preparation H helps shrink swelling of hemorrhoidal tissues. Ointment or suppositories. Use only as directed. You've heard that old saying, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, that's exactly what a smoke detector is supposed to tell you. It's designed to alert you of fire by emitting a warning alarm when it senses smoke. But field engineer Ray McNabb of Underwriters Laboratories says for a smoke detector to be most effective, it must be installed in a strategic location. And there's no more strategic location than outside your bedroom door. After all, when you're asleep, you're not likely to be aware of smoke until it's too late. So be sure to have the smoke detector installed on the ceiling outside your bedroom door. And if you have a basement... It would be wise to install a smoke detector at the top of the basement stairs. And maintenance is awfully important, too. It certainly is. Read the instruction booklet thoroughly. If your smoke detector relies on battery power, then you should replace the batteries according to the instruction booklet, even if the warning device on your detector has not sounded. This is public safety information from UL and this station. intelligence expert from a thousand years in the future, a private eye who is really a future eye, faced with the problem of locating a data memory bank for the year 2976, a data bank that looks almost exactly like an ordinary matchbox. How is he to go about it? 215-847-1291 to master control. You know who I am and where I am and when I am. The parameters of my programming must be followed. I am in the projection booth of a movie drive-in, year 1976. Identify me as Quinn. Quinn. John. 215-847-1291. Human. Now look, Master Control... When anyone or anything wants access to your information banks, what do they do? They make a request to me. Yes, yes, through programmed channels. This uh, we all know. Then what? 
I provide the information. I am programmed to serve all. Yes, we all know that, too. Just tell me how you get the information to answer the request. I have just told you. That is the program for the information demand coder. And how do the data banks respond? In binary. Yes, ones and zeros. Uh, how does the information register with you? As audible notes, which I translate into spoken or printed data. Audible? What does it sound like to you? Wait, please. Such a request for information has never been made before. Just answer in nanoseconds. Which approach the speed of light? My auditory unit informs me that the response sounds like sonar. Sonar? Underwater sonar? The bleeps signify binary ones. The silences signify binary zeros. This is then translated by the Mark 747 Digital Binary Master Control Computer. All right. It's the only way. Transmit to me here a duplicate of your information demand coder. Such a request has never been made before. We've never been in such a situation before. Can't you understand? I'm looking for what amounts to a matchbox. I've got to home in on it. With an information demand coder? Exactly. I broadcast a demand with the coder. The data bank, wherever it is, will respond with a sonar sound. I track the response. Your tactics are being filed. Transmit that coder duplicate. Transmitting. Transmission received. Wait a minute. I'm broadcasting the information demand. MQ. The data bank response sounds a mile away. I'm going to start tracking now. Keep the hotline open. Luck, my para. The expression MQ and luck, my para were not current in the 20th century. <laughs> You're right. I make these slips when I'm excited. Even humans are entitled to make mistakes. Luck, your para, Quinn. John, 215-747-1291. Human. Hi there. Hi. Uh, what the hell is that noise? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I've got a uh, pocket alarm watch, and it keeps trying to tell me something. Uh, wait. Uh... That better? <clears throat> well, it's a relief. Sounded like it was trying to climb into my pocket. <laughs> yes, maybe it was in a funny sort of way. Say, uh, I've never been in a printing plant before. Yeah? Uh, mind if I do a little sightseeing? Well, uh, help yourself. You some kind of reporter? Well, I have been doing some reporting. Uh, where is everybody? Huh? What, what everybody? Well, I had the idea that a printing plant would be full of printers. You never heard of automation? We print by pure 100% automation. I'm impressed. You heard of computers? You sort of. Well, they do everything. Oh, do they now? Yeah. Some bright girls put stuff they type into one end of a computer, and out of this end comes books. All printed by automation. And no printers? Uh, just me, the foreman. What do you do? I mind the press. Can anything go wrong with it? Well, only the usual. What could happen to anything that runs like a TV set? Blow a tube, burn out a fuse, that sort of thing. Sounds simple. Yeah. There's only one thing complicated. I can't let any portable radios in here. I see. Electronic interference. Static. Yeah, crazy. Like last year, a kid comes in with a battery set. He's a messenger. It's playing a rock tune. Yes? Oh, we're printing out a, a sound book. 
And? Well, instead of putting Rock of Ages cleft for me, it's putting Abadooba, 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 Abadooba. Pick it up from the radio. <laughs> What's your press printing now? Oh, I just started a run for Atlantic Publishing there. Atlantic Almanac. Almanac? Yeah, you know, latest facts and figures. Hey, what's the matter? You look pale as a ghost. I may be a ghost soon enough. Uh, listen, I... Are those Atlantic Almanacs being shipped out? First batch due to go soon. A uh, hundred copies to Letterhead Bookstore. Uh, say you better sit down, mister. Uh, thanks. Uh, maybe some fresh air. Oh, yes, yes, a, a cigarette will help. Can you give me a light? No, I don't smoke. Yes, but all the same, I... I think you've got a match on you. <laughs> By golly, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Found a box in the lunchroom, laying on the floor. Picked it up because it was so funny. Hey, look. All the ones and zeros. I wonder what they're advertising. I sincerely hope you never find out. Well, you can keep them. I don't smoke. Oh, thanks. Thanks very much. You don't know it, friend, but you just saved my life. Almost. Quinn to master computer. Identify. No time for procedure. We're under the gun. The databank found and reclaimed. Filing. But we've run into bad luck. Before it was reclaimed, it took control of a computerized press. 100 copies of a printed almanac now containing all data up to and including the year 2,976 are at large. Location? They have been shipped to the Letterhead Bookstore. Riley. I'll have to go after them and transmit them up to you. Warning. We of the future are forbidden to take or give anything which might divert the existing time stream of 1,976 that might destroy us. Yes, understood. I won't take the books. I'll buy them. As an antiquarian, I have 1976 currency in my pocket. Relics from a museum. Most foresighted. <laughs> Can I help you, please? Oh, hi. Mm -hmm. friend of mine told me that I can get any book that's printed at the letterhead. Oh, that is our boast and our pride, sir. Actually, all I want is the latest Atlantic almanac. Oh, oh, certainly, sir. The Atlantics arrived a half hour ago. The stock boy just opened the carton. My, they are moving. Two copies in two minutes. Two? Yes, sir. Uh, you're the second to ask for it. You were shipped a hundred copies. That's right. I... How do you know, sir? You have a carton of 99 copies back there. Uh, yes, sir. One moment. I'll have the boy bring... Tell him to bring all 99. Sir, sure. No, you... I don't jest. I'll take the carton with me just as it is. All 99 copies. But give me one datum. Uh, one what, sir? A datum, a, a, a bit, a, a piece of information. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Who bought that other copy? Now, really, sir, do you expect... Who me bought to the hundredth copy? Last name, first name, identity number. Identity number? I'm sorry, you don't use them in 1976. Who bought that other one copy? Do you know? Can you identify? Well, as a matter of fact, I can, sir. A regular and valued customer. Mr. Oliver Wilson Knight. Quinn, to master computer. Bypass procedure constraints. Acknowledge and storing data. Have you got my coordinates? You are in your temporary headquarters in the drive-in booth. Check and keep a fix on me at all times. I have with me 99 of the 100 copies of the 2,976 almanac. Filing. Stand by to retract. Standing by. Ready. Pick up. Received. I have one last problem. The final copy of the almanac. One copy 
is as dangerous as 1,000. Yes, yes, and don't I know it. The last copy is in the possession of an Oliver Wilson Knight. A transmit all available historical data and information about the subject. If available. Information being demanded by CODA. <laughs> Were you programmed for prayer? All known forms of prayer are filed. Then pray. He may be reading that book this minute and we'll all be gone. This is desperate. Information available. <sighs> transmit. Received. And let me go through this material. It's quite a dossier. It's tricky now because I'm no longer coping with machines. I've got to handle a human being. The human in the bookstore was a human being. No, not really. He was functioning as a salesman. I will consult the antiquarian bank. D don't bother. Now I'm dealing with a human being on a one-to-one -one basis. He's not a salesman. Suppose he refuses to sell me that almanac. We are forbidden to take anything that might alter the existing time stream. As well I know. It must be a free exchange. Force cannot be used. Deception cannot be used. Honesty must be observed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes, here's something that might do the trick. Yes. Instructions. Your instructions are being filed. I want you to locate and transmit a very special hundred-dollar bill. One man in the city owns an almanac for the year 2976. An almanac from the future. It cannot be taken from him. It cannot be stolen from him. But he must never look into that book, or an entire future will turn into a might-have-been ghost. How can a very special hundred-dollar bill solve an impossible situation? Act 3 will tell us in a few moments. At the Opal Isuzu Information Center of America, pandemonium reigns as thousands of people try to find out what one is. Hello, Opal Isuzu Information Center. Uh, yeah, say, I think I've got an Opal Isuzu. Good for you, sir. Can you describe it? Well, it's, uh, it's about four feet high, brown, tan hair on its neck. It's got cute little eyes. Uh, sir, I believe that's a Shetland pony. Oh, yeah. I can see that now. See the little hoofs? Opal Isuzu, a great new little car at your Buick Opal dealers. I'm Joanne Woodward on behalf of the National Society for Autistic Children. Autism is a neurological disorder that affects behavior and communication. With proper research, education, and care, these children can learn and have a life of dignity. They deserve a chance. Please write National Society for Autistic Children, Post Office Box 8646, Albany, New York, 12208. Recently, I came across a little-known organization that is really reaching out to help thousands of children and adults afflicted with serious visual impairments, such as glaucoma and macular degeneration, causing great physical and emotional difficulties. And with all the commercialism in the world today, I was struck by their sincerity and their humanity. I know that I don't do as much as I could or should for worthy causes, and so I offered to say a few words in their behalf. This is Arlene Francis, speaking for the National Association for the Visually Handicapped. This is non-profit, founded by Mrs. Lorraine Markey, herself a mother of two visually handicapped children. If you know someone who needs their help with counseling, optical aids, large print books, and educational services, write to the NABH, Box 700, New York, 10016. Funds are badly needed and they would certainly be very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Almost everybody in town knows Dan Macy's Pub. It's more or less an informal club where you can drop in for a drink or a sandwich or a soda and always find congeniality and conversation. Mr. Macy knew all his regular customers and had learned to like them. But this stranger fills him with vague fear. He's a big man about the size of a defensive tackle 
and he has a strange way of speaking. Mr. Macy, this is a quiet time for you. I will rent this back room of your pub for one hour. You rent the back room for one hour? And that will include exclusive use, yes? <laughs> you talk funny, you're a foreigner. No, not foreign in your sense. What's your name? Identify me as Quinn. John Human. John Quinn Human. Crazy. Get out of here. I will pay $100 for exclusive use of this back room for one hour. $100? Yes. Here. Look. $100 bill, including portrait of Benjamin Franklin, American statesman, diplomat, author, scientist, and inventor, 1706 to 1790. You're a crazy Russian spy. Spy? Yes. Russian? No. What kind of a spy? Um, I am a future I. What? Uh, slip of the tongue. I am a private I, an investigator. Take the money and go, Mr. Macy. I have a private call to make. Phone booth alongside men's room. Yes, I see it. Go. I am under time pressure. Uh, you want anything from the kitchen or the bar? Uh, thank you. Uh, not now, Mr. Macy. Uh, perhaps my guests. Quinn. John. 215-847-1291. To Master Computer. I have lost the trace of you. You move too rapidly. Coordinates. West, 73-58-15. North, 40-45-20. Filing. Well? Well, what's happened to your nanoseconds? Probability, 99.9807. MQ, MQ, stand by. Ah, he's coming in. A probability fulfilled. Oliver Wilson Knight in contact. Out. Uh, sorry, Mr. Knight. Uh, you and the young lady can't sit back here this afternoon. I'm sorry. The promises have been rented. Rented? Oh, what a shame. Yes, it's quite all right, Mr. Macy. It's all correct and in order. I'm happy to entertain Mr. Knight and friend as my guests. Do sit down. Oh, you hate to intrude, but this is the only place in town where you can get real old-fashioned ginger beer. <laughs> Already aware of the fact, Miss Clinton. Uh, Mr. Macy! Bring ginger beer, please, and leave us alone. No other guests. Uh, these are all I'm expecting. Hey, wait a minute. What do you mean, guests? You know me, Mr... Quinn. Uh, yes, of course I know you. Uh, you are Miss Jane Clinton. Uh, this is Mr. Oliver Wilson Knight. I rented these premises particularly to meet you this afternoon. If this is your idea of comedy, brother, I don't think... Ah, be... here comes Mr. Macy with your ginger beer. Wait, please. Uh, this conversation must be private. Uh, yeah, uh, will that be all? Uh, for now, yes, you may go. <laughs> and don't I want her? Talk about nuts! But you couldn't know we were coming here, Mr. Um, Mr. Quinn. We didn't know ourselves until a few minutes ago. I'm sorry to contradict, uh, Miss Clinton. Our data predicted your probability of arrival at longitude 73-58-15, latitude 40-45-20 as being 99.9807%. No one can escape four significant figures. Your data? Uh, listen, clown, if this is your idea of some kind I of... Drink your ginger beer and listen to my idea, Mr. Knight. Uh, listen carefully. You have, quite innocently, placed us in an extremely dangerous position. I have been sent to find a solution. Solution? For what? Uh, Oliver, I think we'd better be going. Oh, please remain seated, Miss Clinton. There will be no harm. Mr. Knight, this noon, you entered the premises of the Letterhead Bookstore, Incorporated, dealer in printed books. You purchased, through the transfer of current money, four books. The four books wrapped in the parcel you are carrying. So? Well, three of the books do not matter, but the fourth, well, that is the crux of this encounter. What the devil are you talking about? One bound volume consisting of collected facts and statistics. You mean the almanac? What, well, what about it? You intended to purchase the 1976 almanac. I bought the 1976 almanac. You did not. 
you bought the almanac for 2,976. What? The Atlantic Almanac for the year 2,976 is in this package. Do not ask how. There was a dysfunction that has already been adjusted. There were many difficult complications. That is why I'm here. It is why this meeting has been arranged. You cognate? <laughs> Hand me the package, Jane. We'll call this clown's bluff. No, you must not open it, Mr. Knight. You must not read the book. All right, all right. What's the payoff on the gag? I must have the book, Mr. Knight. I would like to walk out of this tavern with the almanac under my arm. Oh, you would, huh? I would. Well, if there was such a thing as a 2,976 almanac, and if it was in that package, wild horses couldn't get it away from me. Yes? Why, Mr. Knight? Are you kidding? A look into the future? Stock market reports? I've been horse races, politics. It'd be money from home. I'd be rich. Yes, indeed, yes. You'd be more than rich. Omnipotent. Almost the ruler of the world. Oh, you tell me. The small mind would use the almanac from the future for small things only. Bets and wagers and so on. The intellect of dimensions, your intellect, would not stop there. Oh, tell me more. Each fact would tell you an entire history. Real estate investment. What lands to buy and sell. Transportation records. What space agencies to back. Postal receipts to tell you the cities of the future. Nobel Prize winners would tell you what inventions and developments to watch. It would be impossible for you to lose. That's the idea. That's for me. You really think so? I know so. Money in my pocket. There is no joy in success as something which has not been earned. Oh, I disagree. Do you? Then why do you work? Why not steal? Cheat others to fill your own pockets? Well, but I... The, 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 I... the point is well taken. Huh? No, Mr. Knight. Seek a mature argument. You are too ambitious and healthy to wish to steal success. Then I just want to know if I would be successful. Ah, Stet. You want reassurance. Why? Have you no confidence in yourself? You're a promising young attorney? Yes, I know that. It is part of your dossier. Has not Miss Clinton confidence in you? Yes. Yes, I do. He doesn't need reassurance from a book. Good. So, Mr. Knight, next argument. Security. <laughs> there is no such thing. Life is dangerous. Oh, come on. You know what I mean. The knowledge that life is worth planning. True. True, your century is in crisis. But then, I am here. The world will continue. I'm proof. Uh, if I believe you. And if you do not, you do not lack security. You lack courage. Oh, look, this is a gag, isn't it? I saw that book before it was wrapped. It said 1976 on the cover. The cover? Ah, contemporary. Yes, yes. The printed text, no. Inside is a thousand years of future which must not be read by anyone. I implore you to give me that almanac. Why don't you just take it away from me? Well, that is forbidden. It must be a free gift. We can rob you of nothing. We can give you nothing. Uh-uh, that's a lie. You paid Macy to rent this back room. Yes, Macy was paid, but I gave him nothing. He will think he was cheated, but you will see to it that he is not. All will be adjusted without dislocation and the danger ended. Now, wait. Just a minute. It has all been carefully planned. I have gambled on you, Mr. Knight. I am depending on your good sense. Let me have the almanac. I will disband, reoriented. And you will never see me again. It will be an odd adventure to narrate for your friends, and they will not believe you. Would you wait a minute for Pete's sake? Don't overpower me. This is supposed to be a gag. Is it? Is it? All right. The final gamble. Where's that music machine? Over there, against the wall. It's called a jukebox. Uh, yes, yes, the thing with the lights. Uh, watch this. Two one five, eight four seven, one two nine one to master computer. Follow procedure. Identify. 
Identify me as Quinn. Quinn? John. 215-847-1291. Human. Mission approaching climax. Filing. Is this a gag, Mr. Knight? Good Lord, this can't be happening. Jane, he's got me believing. Yes. Well, what should we do? If everything he says is true, look, we can refuse and live happily ever after. No. No? There may be money and success in that book, but there's divorce and death, too. Oh, Oliver, give him the almanac. All right, take it. My gratitude. You have eased a precarious situation. It is only fair that you should receive something in return. I had thought to bribe you with it, but now it is a gift. A token of the future. My service to you both. You have given me back my life. Hey, hey, that gift, that token of the future. Mr. Macy has it. <laughs> Talk about characters. Oh, he really had me scared. What an act. I wonder how he pulled that trick with the jukebox. Well, he's probably a TV repairman. But, honey, it doesn't make sense, all that nonsense about paying Macy but not giving him anything. Hey, where is he? Where's the thief? Mr. Macy, what's the matter? He's gone. And you, Mr. Knight, you to be a party to thievery and racketeers, you ought to be disbarred. Shame on you. Wait, what is all this? What's wrong? He paid me $100 to rent this back room. $100. I took the bill over to Bernie, the pawnbroker, being cautious like... And he found out it's a forgery. Counterfeit. Phony. Not worth nothing. Oh, no. Counterfeit? How could you do a thing like this to me, Mr. Knight? I? Do what? Look at it. Wait a... Well, it looks like a perfectly genuine hundred-dollar bill to me, Mr. Macy. What gave you the idea that it's a count of the... Oh, good Lord. What is it? Where's my checkbook? Uh, uh, here. Uh, uh, Jane, let me have your pen. What are you doing? Making sure that Macy isn't cheated. He'll... Look, Mr. Macy, you'll get your hundred dollars. Oliver, are you insane? Throwing away a hundred dollars because a clown played a practical joke? And I won't be losing anything either. All will be adjusted without dislocation. Oh, they're diabolical. Diabolical. What are you talking about, Oliver? Look at the bill. Look closely. Oh, I'm looking. Uh-huh. You see anything odd? Well, I don't know. I've never seen a hundred dollar bill before, Oliver. Look at the lower right-hand corner, Jane. Read what you see. Series, 1990D, signed Oliver Wilson Knight, Secretary of the Treasury. I must agree, Quinn John, 215-847-1291, human, has been diabolically clever. A hundred dollar bill has been brought in time, but it can't be spent yet. Mr. Macy has been paid and loses nothing. Oliver Knight will lose nothing because the bill will become valid. All has been adjusted without dislocating the time stream. But was it wise to give Oliver Knight that token of his future? I'll be back shortly. Years ago, the Budweiser people started inviting everybody to read the label to see exactly what makes Budweiser the king of beers. Here's how he did it in a commercial recorded back in 1959. Have you read the label? Sure. Have you taken a look? Sure. The story behind the label? Read like an open book. It's right there in blue and white on every Budweiser label. Seven proud words. Choices, hops, rice, and best barley malt. That's it. The secret behind the wonderful refreshment of Budweiser. The key to that remarkably satisfying taste. Have you taken a look? The story behind the Budweiser label has been the same since Budweiser was first brewed back in 1876. And you know... People are still enjoying it today. <laughs> now, that's what I call a bestseller. Anheuser-Busch, headquarters, St. Louis, Missouri. It's 
is only human to want to know what the future holds in store for us, which is why fortune-telling has always been enjoyed and sometimes believed through the ages. But I have a thought for you. It has been said by philosophers that if we don't learn from our past, we may be forced to repeat it. But what about the future? It may be that if we do learn about our future, we may never live it. We present these tales complete with warnings and morals seven times each week. Our cast included Tony Roberts, Evie Juster, Court Benson, William Redfield, and Catherine Butterfield. The entire production was under the direction of Simon Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. When the colonel called on Sheriff Thomas for an escort for the stage, Chip had nobody to spare. That's how come I got called in. But I thought you said, Wayne, the colonel had an army escort with him. Well, he did till he took sick and they had to report back. I wanted you to stay on back in San Antonio, but you were so doggone stubborn. Yeah, I told Wayne he might just well give in. Just to give us a little extra protection, I figured we didn't want to be seen loading no strong box. So, like they say in the army, we commandeered your trunk. Yeah. I still don't see any need for all that fuss. Nobody knows about the money except us and the colonel, do they? Well, these days you never can... Who's that? Somebody hit the man riding shotgun. Trouble. Plenty. Look ahead at the draw there. Seems like we run right smack into a holdup. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser, and Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.